0: This is Comic Geek Speak, episode 1714, previews. You got it on
1: Wednesday, and you were about it was not about going to the volume up. These guys will talk about it, everything that geeks love. One case of laser beams, a beam, like a sea.
0: I'm Adam Murdo. I'm Shane Kelly.
1: I'm Chris Everly.
0: Hey, welcome to the show. Welcome back to Comic Geek Speak for another fun-filled previews episode where we go through the monthly previews catalog. Uh, this time it's uh, issue number 362 uh, for comics that are arriving in shops uh, beginning in January of 2019. God. And we're just going to sit around here and talk about anything and everything that appears in those pages that uh, is of interest to us or that we think might be of interest to you as sort of a public service. It's long-standing CGS tradition. Happy to bring it to you once again.
2: January 2019. That's nuts. Yep. Yeah. In the year 2019, <laughs> and of course, um, her sonorous
1: tones are In fine. the
2: year 25, 25, 25, <laughs> the backwards time machine still hasn't arrived. That is one of my favorite episodes. <laughs> Me, mine too. I love that episode. <laughs> and
0: whoever is uh, recording the Zagrin Evans impersonation <laughs> is doing a swell job, I must <laughs> say. <laughs> Uh. Alright, so this previews episode of Comic Geek Speak, like all previews episodes of Comic Geek Speak, will be brought to you by our friends at the Discount Comic Book Service. Their website is dcbservice.com, and that's a place you should visit for all of your online comic book ordering needs, especially if you don't happen to live close enough to a quality local comic shop uh, that you can go and make these purchases in person. Uh, DCBS is the place to go uh, to to order your comics online. Um, They always offer uh, lots of special discounts. Uh, Every new release from Marvel and DC begins at forty percent off. Um, from other publishers, uh, the discounts start a little bit lower. And every month, there are special uh, uh, discount deals available, uh, which we'll be highlighting as uh, the episode progresses. Uh, where you can get comics at uh, fifty or as much as like seventy five percent off. Um, and there are also there's there are special bundles where uh, if, if you agree to purchase a certain number of books uh, from a common publisher or imprint or theme, um, you can get the whole lot of them uh, for 50% off. There is a Valiant bundle available from DCBService.com this month. There's Marvel's First Start and Legacy bundles. There are a few different DC bundles, including the new Wonder Comics imprint. Um, yeah, there's several deals to be had, as there always are any given month at DCBService.com. Um, so uh, go check them out. Uh, they will take good care of you. The customer service is top-notch, as we've uh, attested to over and over again on this podcast we all know them we all use them we urge you to use them as well uh if you are once again if if you're not lucky enough to have a good uh, quality local comic shop to take care of your pre-ordering uh you need to do it online dcbservice.com is a great place to check
1: and may i add to your testimonial, there my friend i had a sent them an email because, once again, being a meathead, I include previews in uh, my October order, and I emailed them. They said, no problem. We'll put it right in. No, nope, no issue at all. So there's such, such a wonderful group of people, and it's a well-run business, and it, it, it's, it's not run by some massive corporation. Uh, it's
0: a pleasure to do business with them. And how? All right. All right. Go ahead, Sean. Go ahead, Bert. I'm nope, I just said exactly the same thing you did, Chris. Uh, all right. <laughs> all right. <laughs> uh, see, all three of us have now said all right. So that means <laughs> it must be all right.
2: If you link them together, they are going to sound like Matthew McConaughey from... Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Days to Confused.
0: Right.
1: All right, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> you know, Shane, I just watched that again. I, think- I love Hummer. that movie. <laughs> that That is all of, uh, Link Ladder's films, but... That's one of the best high school movies for me, because it so addresses just the' just, just not, there's just not much going on, <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> you know, it just it, it just captures a moment in time so perfectly, and just what kids were doing and just how and how it means everything and nothing
0: all at once, yep uh, yep, adolescent ennui,
2: I don't know how they filmed it or what cinematography they used or what lighting or what cameras, but man. I feel like I'm sitting in the backyard of my mom and dad's house in the '70s, looking around at stuff. Just it, I, I can almost smell the grass and feel the breeze, mm. it, it, it really, they did a hell of a job making it feel like the '70s. Unbelievable, they sure
3: did.
0: I will take you gentlemen's word for it. I, oh. I, I wish I could, you know, uh, I wish I could further uh, corroborate this, but I have no. I, I was one year old in the '70s, so I. <laughs> Uh, i wish I wish I had more memories to back this up, but i 've seen the movie too, and I liked it yeah it's a fantastic movie, so there you go um all right uh, let 's begin marching through the catalog shall we you bet yeah well i
1: have to I have to wax rhapsodic right away
0: oh, and I know just what you're going to say too, but go ahead chris
1: yep so we are an image the beginning of the book page thirty six and thirty seven oh. criminal number one brewbaker Phillips. Man, I'm so excited for this. <laughs> so Criminal was, was like the first of their major noir series that this Dream Team did, and uh, they've done a series of arcs in sort of the world of Criminal, and returning are to it here. Uh, if you love crime noir in film and comics, in novels, all three, or you just want to try it out for the first time, do yourself a favor, the greatest creative teams working in comics over the past – or so. Uh, I, I can't enough. I just got on my shipment yet. You know, they're OGN. My heroes have always been junkies. I haven't read it yet. I'll probably read it tomorrow because I have all from school. Uh, there's comic book creators, and then there's these. Guys. Like this is a this is a whole other level of excellence here. And Sean Phillips' work. He's one of the best artists. This is just better. Uh,
0: I can't recommend that they work enough. That's on page 36 and 37. Mm -hmm. And if you want to take Chris at his word and try the first issue of this volume of Criminal, uh, it's uh, only $1.99 at dcbservice.com.
1: Nice. Magnet. What do you think about page 40, Mert?
0: Well, I think uh, the uh, Derek uh, Robertson artwork on uh, Oliver, number one, um, it looks pretty. Really tight, uh, really, really pretty. Um, but I don't know if we need uh, another steampunk Oliver Twist adaptation so soon after the well, the, the one that uh, Dark Horse is doing, and I'm pretty sure is still uh, being published as we speak. Um, that one is gender-bent, though. It's called Olivia Twist, I believe. Uh, but this one from Image is called Oliver. It's uh, written by one Gary Whitta, who is uh, one of the screenwriters of Rogue One, and uh, the art is by Derek Robertson. So I can... Uh, just looking at these uh, sample art pages, it looks great, but uh, I don't think I'm sold. The art is breathtaking. I was, I was first introduced to Robertson when he was doing
1: um, and i always enjoyed his work thoroughly. It's like that will be the case here. I don't know if I'm going to pick it up again, budget, but visually
0: it's breathtaking. But also check out your image, gentlemen. Well, pages 44 and 45 looks kind of interesting. A uh, new series called Gunning for Hits. It appears to be like a music industry noir story. It's about uh, a music industry talent scout, like an A&R guy, uh, who is out uh, hunting for new acts and uh, well, the uh, uh, the misadventures he encounters uh, uh, when he uh, signs a an act that, uh, quote, uh, will conquer the world. It's a music business crime thriller um, written by Jeff... Uh, Rugby. I'm prepared to put a quarter in the jar for that one uh, with art by Moritate, um, which which, which uh, has been a favorite artist of Brian Deemer in the past. I know, though he's using a very different style from uh, what I've seen him use before. Uh, it's better befitting the, uh, the the genre in which he's working here, I assume. But yeah, that, that's one that I might try. Well,
1: the cover. I mean, that reminds me of David Bowie's certain piece.
2: Yeah, that's what I thought. Uh,
1: yeah, an interesting uh, supplemental note here in the text. You like love and behind-the-scenes of drama of Matt? of within the this industry instead. Then you'll love God. And if you go to our forum page, uh, the wonderful uh, audience reaction we got the last top five. I want to say it was. Kit, C- forgive me if I'm wrong. Who was really Lord in Love and Rock? It's a book I'm ashamed to say never read. And you know what he wrote further; it just adds to the number of people over the other. It's one of the, the all-time great theories in the comic medium. So,
0: yeah, I believe it was Chris Beckett. Yes.
2: Yeah, and I don't think yeah. I've—I don't think I've ever read an issue of Love and
1: Rockets.
0: Well, with some Chris's taste,
1: makes that recommendation. It's got to go in the bucket of comics that must be read before expiration. So. All right, page forty six. Joe, Joe Casey writing. Looks like it's it's an it's a OGN, I think. Uh, Jesus freak. The year is twenty six C.E. and Nazarene carpenter's having trouble adjusting around him and finding his place within it. He knows he's different, but he doesn't know. Yeah, a bloody two-fisted
0: baroque fiction. Interesting. Yeah, only sixty-four pages long, though. Yeah, Seventeen ninety-nine is kind of a lot to ask that little content even if it is under a hard cover hmm. it says you like the God Dan
1: which is by Jason Aaron which I loved, and, and Paul Galacy's Masters of Kung Fu he also mentioned
0: Doug Monk there since he was writing it yeah. uh, you'll love Jesus Freak that, that's, that's high praise hmm. wow it does appear to be kind of a psychedelic martial arts take <laughs> on, and uh, then I can see the Galacy influence in the art without question interesting
1: yeah that, that bottom panel on 47 of just as, have a, the intensity of the Audience, that's a pure master of kung fu panel right there. So it looks like the New Testament with kung fu.
0: The New Testament with kung fu. Yeah, it it kind of does yeah. look that way. Yeah.
1: All right. Yeah, i I'd be interested, but the, the price is kind of scaring me away, unfortunately.
0: Hmm. Yep. Same here.
1: All right. What else in the image, gentlemen?
0: I think that's. Uh, well,
2: I saw on page fifty-seven. If you wanted to catch up on criminal. They have a list mm. of back back list
1: of all their stories. Well, I highly recommend every single one of these. I, I mean, see, uh, some of the characters cross over into other stories. Uh, like the, the the new, uh, Vime is going to have a character from, from a past, uh, arc. Uh, but they all, they're all in the same universe. And, and I mean, I, I so love just their take on noir, and, and I mean, a lot of the – you really get your bang for your buck with the floppies because each issue, they'll have, often have an essay uh, written by, by various writers who are experts in various aspects of film noir, and also, and Sean uh, Phillips' son, who's also quite an quite artist himself. He usually does a a, a drawing to accompany the, uh, the the essay, so let's say maybe the drawing of Robert Mitchum or something like that, for example. Uh, these are just, these, this creative team really puts their heart and soul into their work, and they're well worth every penny. And On page fifty-six, they're collecting a little case: uh, Brian K. Vaughan and Marcos Martins' Barrier story, which came out uh, not too long ago, um, with with the sort of the cinematic style uh, presentation. Did any of you guys read that? No, I did not. Okay, I, I recommend that. I mean, I love this creative team. And it's an interesting take on immigration in the United States through the prism of of, of actual aliens from outer space. It's it's Brian K. Vaughn, it's, it's, it's well worth your time.
0: Yeah, I, I have nothing else uh, – well, new and different to, to remark on from him. It's just a yeah. few series that I've been following all along, The Wicked Plus, The Divine, The Ice Cream Man, Maybe one or two other things, Dead Rabbit.
2: Yeah, I don't have anything either.
0: All right then. Let's uh, gallop on to dark horse let us gallivant my friend i didn't read fight club part 2
1: i didn't remember but and I, I you know i enjoyed the movie but
0: have anybody read the fight club part 2
2: no i only ever saw the movie
0: yeah i wasn't that okay. big a fan either so i did not uh, read fight club 2 yeah the the movie's grown on me over
1: the years i didn't grab me too much the first time i saw but I'm older there's elements of it I appreciate more and more. Uh, I have to, I, I have to comment on page 92. I don't know where you guys stand on this, but I couldn't stand that far.
2: I
0: so, never saw <laughs> it. Um, I didn't
2: even, didn't even see it in the
1: theater, not on video, nothing.
0: And I've seen it on TV well, once or twice. Mistake of seeing it in the
1: theater. So it was, it was around the Christmas t- whenever that came out, because it's been quite a few years, hasn't it, since yeah. the movie came out? I, I know they're doing a sequel. Um, and it was a packed theater. It was the holidays. It was, you know, it was hot. I mean, the just of course. You know, it's James Cameron. You know, I was, you know, acknowledge and admire his technical expertise. But I was watching, going, this is like Dances with Wolves or Pocahontas, okay. and it just I found I, I it just I didn't find it very interesting. Um, the, the visuals aside, but I thought the writing was. Terribly flat and acneed, but that's just me. I mean, I know a lot of people enjoy the movie. But if you love Avatar,
3: I'm not Avatar. even going to try
1: to pronounce it, but I'll butcher it. Um, here's a supplemental comic attached to it. I'm interested on in page 94. Anytime Brian Wood is doing writing something, I usually get pick Even if he's doing adaptations of licensed property, in this case, Aliens. I don't really care what it's about. It's Brian Wood writing Aliens. I'm going to try it. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> You know,
0: that's
3: it.
1: Mm-hmm. Is anybody go ahead. reading... They, they've had a go, long-standing long-
2: relationship with Dark Horse producing Aliens comics.
0: So they have, and I'm sure that relationship is all the more precious to Dark Horse right now since they've oh, lost yeah. so yeah. many other licenses, Star yeah, Wars absolutely. and Buffy, to name just two. That's a good point, Murray. Go but way back to the big Dark Horse,
1: remember they took on the Predator license, the mm-hmm. Alien license. Yeah, uh, Yeah, that's the point. I mean, it's been one of the backbones in fact, we were talking about how, I think it was the last previews, they were issuing the original screenplay for Alien
0: 3 in comic book form. So – yep. And uh, Go ahead, Murd. That adaptation actually continues uh, in this month's catalog. It's, the, uh, it's on page 96, William Gibson's Alien 3, number three. Right. And right next to that, if you missed it, I didn't read this myself, Terminator Sector War, a trade
1: paperback written by Brian Wood, art by uh, Jeff Stokely – Two Terminators went back in time in one to kill Sarah Connor, and another tar- targeting TV officer, Lucy Castro, a rookie cop assigned one of the most of the city. Uh, I able to call for backup. Castro faces off against the Relentless T-800, one likely allies her through to Dawn. If I had the, the extra cash of the budget, to get this because, again, it's just Brian Wood doing a Terminator story, so it's probably fun. All right. I, I, every month, I gush on – which ninety-seven? Because when I think of superhero comics right now, this is the first book I think of, which is Jeff Lemire and Dean Morrison's Black Hammer. Uh, you can go back several months now of the previous recording. You're going to hear me say something similar because like, people, if you've not tried this book and you, love the concept, especially when they kind of dig a little bit into the sort of underbelly and even and especially in a Golden Age context, please try Black Hammer. It's Eisner is well deserved. What else, gentlemen?
2: Well, I'm up on page one fourteen, looking at hmm. interestingly enough again Disney properties being produced by Dark Horse. Disney's Don Quixote and a Zootopia young readers book. It, just, it hmm. interests me that Disney stuff is now appearing in Dark Horse. It could appear in Marvel, but doesn't, and is in um. IDW's doing some things. Yeah, IDW's doing some stuff with Joe it. Books. T- does Joe a couple Books, of things yeah. per month. They they've got a, a really diverse platform now to present various forms of comic medium for Disney characters. Spreading that Mickey
1: manure around. Yeah. <laughs> Mickey
0: manure. I. I, I uh, God damn! I love Murd. Ah, oh. I'm a Disney stockholder. I can get away with it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> maybe maybe Shane. I mean, I, I'm just. This is probably fanciful, but you know, since Disney did take the the, the Star Wars license away from Dark Horse, which, which was their bread and butter, I would imagine. Mm. Um, at least they're giving them some love here with some Disney uh, properties. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I'm a huge Dark Horse fan. I think this company has done so much great work in the 25 plus years it's been in existence. Um, I, I hope to see them, you know, stick around for quite some time. So
2: we were here at the beginning when they started. <laughs>
0: <laughs> don't forget to tell him to get off your lawn. Get off my
1: lawn. There you go.
0: Your See, Shin, I, hope, I hope
1: we can I hope we can live long enough and as long as we're not miserable <laughs> that we can actually inhabit the characters we're imagining for ourselves right now.
2: <laughs> God, I don't want to be that crotchety, although I'm I'm well. Well, we'll, on we'll,
1: the way. we'll be side by side on the porch of the assisted living home. We'll try to uh, keep each other's spirits up. Can Speaking you of keeping their holographic, unless you guys have more, more dark horror. How about DC and that cover?
3: This holographic
2: previews just ain't cutting it no more. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, maybe there'll be hard light holograms by then, so that's, you can at least yeah, turn true, the pages. Yeah, yeah how about that? that? Young Justice blew me away.
1: Sean, I, Shane, I thought of you immediately.
2: Introducing Wonder Comics: All New Adventure. Well, Young Justice, anyway. All New Adventure by Brian Michael. Bendis and Patrick Gleason for the art. Yeah. I like this little the little blurb they have, the one page thing. Uh, a new subset, a new offshoot of of comics by DC. Young Justice, Naomi, Wonder Twins, and Dial H for Hero.
0: And Wonder I mean, Twins is gonna be by the same guy who wrote that Flintstones Maxi series. Yeah, it's been so well received.
2: It's it's not a bad lineup of books.
0: Naomi is a new character. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be co-written by Bendis and uh, David F. Walker of uh, Shaft oh. and Power Man. It's- yeah, I,
2: I mean it's 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 an interesting lineup. I, I never, I would never have guessed it in a in a thousand years. Hmm. I couldn't ever see them bringing Young Young Justice back. Hmm. Yeah, and
1: well, I'm definitely I'm definitely going to get Young Justice, and if, and if David Walker involved in Naomi, I'm definitely getting that too. So.
2: Well, I'm, I'm definitely looking at Wonder Twins, too. I mean, I, I, my love of those Super Friends cartoons, I just can't not at least give it a chance.
0: You see that Gleek is in there, too.
2: Yeah, I'm not too keen on his mohawky looking haircut, but <laughs> <laughs> Now, if you have them in there, you got to give me a universe of evil issue. <laughs> Oh right! I think when, the, I think. when the DC app went live, that's the first thing when I realized that they had all those old Super Friends cartoons on. That's the first thing I went to season four, Universe of Evil episode, and watched that sucker right away. Is that away. the
0: one with the Hall of Justice with the little devil head uh-huh. uh, relief uh-huh. up at the top? Of, yeah, yep. okay.
2: everybody's in a red costume, mm-hmm. and Robin or Robin's got a little like sinister mustache. mustache yeah, right. gleek goes around. <laughs>
1: Darkly. Now, did either one of you watch the any of the Teen Titans live action episodes? Yep,
2: I'm caught up.
1: Okay, because I only watched the first one, and I, I didn't. I didn't stay with the service. I just tried the for the trial week.
2: I uh, the this last episode, the fourth episode
0: so far was my favorite. It's great production okay.
2: value, but I really enjoyed this last episode. So we'll see if it keeps going from there.
0: I barely remember that that show has had been produced. <laughs> I saw one of the trailers; it was kind of a turnoff. I won't disagree with that.
2: And I, and I have Shane, did, did, I'm sorry, pro- Shane, go ahead. I have my problems with some of the things they do on it because of that. It is very, very dark and heavy, and when you go from watching. Teen Titans Go to the Movies to <laughs>
0: this, it's really bipolar. Probably step back and watch the uh, early 2000s Teen Titans cartoon. It's a
2: little closer, but even that is not nearly as dark as this. I mean, Well,
1: well Shane, what, what struck me, and I want to get your opinion without spoiling anything for Murd, because I just watched the first one, I found it jarringly dark. To to a degree that it it, it kind of turned me off because for me Teen Titans like you can have very adult stories like what Wolfman and Perez did yeah but there's always, for me there's always been that balance with the the you know the the the, the comradeship and, and and you know some of the the banter and you're between them. and that, I mean granted it was just the action was jeez, Louise and
2: and, and uh, the action's I, fine I mean the fight scenes are well choreographed and everything looks great but they are brutal much more brutal than I yeah. would ever think they would
1: be yeah. So maybe maybe I mean I don't, I don't know if I'll come back to the service, but in the future let's talk, let's talk about it in more detail in yeah. a comic talk because I really want to sure. get your opinion on it. Yeah. So. But I, but oh, I what do you guys? I am okay, liking I'm sorry, it. Shane, Go ahead.
2: I, I am liking it. I am watching it, and like I said, this last episode was was probably my favorite so far. I mean, it's only been okay, four episodes, well, but this one was a lot of fun.
1: Again, sometimes the new new series takes episodes if not even a couple seasons to find its feet. So,
2: sure. Sure.
0: You know.
1: All right, well, well, think of what's on it, page four.
0: Yeah, the other history of the DC Universe. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I had seen some announcements about this a while ago. We, we might even have brought it up on the show some time ago. Uh, but, yep, yeah, appears to be uh, mm, a kind of an exploration of, uh, well, hidden or you might even say buried diversity in the DC Universe. And it's uh, five issues, sixty-four pages, prestige format, and mature readers. Hmm. This is coming out through DC's Black Label imprint, so there will be some cussing. I'm also saying one of the issues will deal, one of the subsequent issues will deal with Renee Montoya. Wow. Yep. Also, uh, Karen and Mal Duncan of the Titans, and Tatsu Yamashiro, uh, uh, Katana of the Outsiders.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, so DC is clearly wants to. Emphasize some more diverse characters that, that are often overlooked in their history. So this could be this could come off as something that's that's very depending on how it's executed, mm-hmm. very blundering or very nuanced. <laughs> a, and you know, I, I try this at least the first issue because I'm, I'm really interested in to see what the writer does with it.
3: Yeah,
0: yeah, um, I agree. I could see it turning into a lecture and or a slam book very easily. Uh, but yeah, it's just as you said, Chris. It all – everything depends on the execution. And they say it's extensive research, and that always warms my heart when I read that. So
1: let's give it a try. And, and on the page five, this looks interesting. Mysteries of Love and Space, written by, by among others, James the IV, Kyle Higgins, Saladin Ahmed, Castellucci, Jeff Loveness, art by Tom Grummet, Kyle Hotz – or Hotz, excuse me – uh, Casagrande, Max Dunbar, yeah, that... Superman, New Gods, Green Lantern, Star. I'm sorry, Shane, go, no, ahead. No, go
2: ahead. Go ahead. Keep going.
1: Eight Tales of Raw, whisper of the Moon, and Back. Prestige format, 10 bucks.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I love and outer space stories. It, it sounds like fun, and they've got some quality creators on there. But again, $10. Yeah. Yeah, pass. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, we, we want to talk about $10 books again on page six. You've got Superman they spectacular. What uh, gets my heart palpitating a bit is written by Marv Wolfman, a previous unpublished tale of Superman, which was meant for the Superman Confidential Series. I'm sure you all remember that um, from the uh, mid-2000s. Uh, Marv Wolfman doing a Superman story, so that's 96 pages. So you get a little bit more bang for your buck there, Mert.
0: Yep, yeah. and uh, the fact that it's a Wolfman, an unpublished Wolfman Superman story that he calls the best Superman story he's ever written—that certainly does pique the curiosity. But. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. Well, I, I'm sure I'm, I may try that. It depends on my budget this month. Although when we get to the moral section, there's, there's one particular book's probably going to blow my budget. But we'll talk about that when we when we arrive there. All right. So we're in the Batman section. How many times can we say Tom Kings are the best writers in comics? There, I said it again. Just read his stuff. <laughs> I mean, it's,
0: you know. Uh, come on. Page 14, music alert. We're finally getting the, oh. the fourth and final issue of the Batman Creature of the Night miniseries, which does for Batman more or less what Superman's secret identity okay. did for Superman back okay. in 2003, 2004. Um, this is pretty badly behind schedule, probably because of, well, possibly because of music. I don't want to point fingers here. He's, he's had health problems before that have made him miss deadlines. Uh, possibly because of John Paul Leone's art. But either way, uh, this is finally going to conclude, apparently, in January of 2019. So, yeah, it's about, um... Well, a person named Bruce Wainwright who in um more or less the real world, you know, kind of an earth prime situation, uh decides he's going to become of an urban vigilante in a Batman vein. It's written by music, and th- there's we get we, we get all too few opportunities to experience music's talent in comics these days. So yeah. only too happy to buy this mini series. Well,
1: one of the all time great writers as far as I'm concerned. So, absolutely. I was wondering, gentlemen, maybe down the road, I'm 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 ahead on page uh twenty seven if we could reconvene and sort of give our take on the delicious of Doomsday clock. Um because we haven't talked about that in a while. I I I had the last couple here, I haven't read them yet actually. So
3: I
2: think we'll discuss up. My, that. My problem with it is I actually really do not like that it comes out every other month. It drives me crazy. <laughs> it seems like the story is taking forever. <laughs> But that's because of the way it's coming out, not because I think it's a bad
1: story. I'm just
2: I, – I save up an issue or two and then I read them together because it, it, it's just too far apart for me. I'd, I'd rather have no, it I'm, monthly. I'm,
1: yeah, I'm, I'm going to do the same thing. And uh, we'll, we'll talk about it though because uh, we, we had a couple fun discussions on it. Speaking of things that drive you crazy, Shane, knowing you as well as I do, look on page 30. Oh, thank God
2: I'm not getting that. <laughs> God, I saw that and I thought, are you kidding me? It's bad enough when it's twice someone. Now you got
0: three? Ugh. Yeah, I thought that was weird.
1: Well, if you love the Flash, you get him three I, times in, in January. I now, guess
0: four if you count this Flash Annual number two. Oh, there you go.
1: Yep, that's right. Uh,
0: Featuring Impulse, who will then be seen in Young Justice. Shane, you have enough trouble. I shouldn't have gotten your blood
1: boiling oh, like that. Yeah, I,
2: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I saw that, and I and I and I, 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 I saw it, and I flipped, and I'm like, oh wait a minute. And I go back, I'm like, sixty one, sixty two, sixty three. Are you kidding me? Oh.
1: God, that just... Are you reading the Flash currently, Shane? No,
2: I stopped around. I want to say issue fifty. I liked it. It just budget cuts.
1: <laughs> I completely understand. Is, hasn't Williamson been writing almost the whole series?
2: Yeah, it's been it's been a long while. Yeah. If, if it's like, not yeah. the whole thing, it's been pretty darn close. I'd have to go back and check that, but yeah. And I love Scott Collins' work. I love his art on it. I loved when he did it the the first time around with uh, was it Jeff Johns run I think he did it on.
1: Oh, you're looking you're looking at the annual. Yep. Yeah. Annual two. I wanted to point out uh, on page thirty five because Pants let us know that a, a listener, forgive me, I don't know who it was, sent a tweet asking us to review Green Lantern one. Uh, and when we get it, we'll definitely talk about it because I know Murd and I were looking forward to, to trying out Grant Morrison on Green Lantern. Yep, as am I. So. When we get those in our shipment, we'll definitely uh, we'll definitely discuss it because uh, I'm sure it's going to be an interesting new take on the Green Lantern. So,
2: I'm excited to get issue number one, and here's issue number two on page
0: 32 for Freedom Fighters. I will be trying that out. we well, well, sort of previewing it on uh, Golden Eagle's racks. Sure, sure. Let's see what I think.
1: That that art reminds me of Alan Davis. It's not Alan Davis, but
0: yeah. Apparently it's Emmy Barrows, but yeah, I I agree, Chris. I do see the similarity in style.
1: Okay, I want to tell you guys on page 39, because I hadn't read it when we discussed it. I did read Heroes in Crisis number one. I got two. I haven't read it yet. Um, I enjoyed it. I mean, again, I can see why you were dismayed by by deeming, in quotes, deaths of those characters. Uh, We'll see if that remains intact, but it was definitely an interesting setup issue, and and it's or- Tom King so I have faith I mean the art's beautiful Oh absolutely oh stunning but a big booster gold fan Shane so
2: I know yep. and 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 like you said I have faith in Tom especially gosh I loved what he did with uh Booster in the Batman issues and I loved what I forget who wrote it but what happened with Booster in the Superman issues recently Great story arcs for that character to be included in both those books. I I thought they were a lot of fun, so I I, I have faith that he'll do good by Booster, but you never know. It
0: might have, it might have been uh, Jurgens himself, actually.
2: It might have been. It might have been. I just can't
0: remember.
1: On page 52, I didn't realize that Marv Wolfman is also writing one of his creations, Raven,
0: uh, Daughter of Darkness.
2: I want to say he's been on that since the beginning. Yep,
0: he has been. Yeah, I, I totally totally missed that. Well, uh, you didn't actually, Chris, because you pointed it out to me in uh, past previews episodes. It must have just oh. <laughs> slipped your mind since then, but you, you were at one time aware of that. Now, I don't often get a Looney
2: Tunes issue, but I may break down and get 247 with Marvin the Martian <laughs> on it. I. Uh, next to Bugs, Marvin the Martian is my favorite Disney character. I mean, uh, God, Disney Bugs Bunny <laughs> character.
0: Yeah, Disney doesn't own everything.
2: Yet. I know, I know.
0: <laughs> Where's the kaboom? There's supposed to be ah. an
2: earth-shattering kaboom. <laughs> pure, what is it? Pew thirty-eight explosive. My Illudium, pew thirty-six explosive space modulator. Oh that creature has stolen the space modulator.
1: <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I am in awe of the mimicry. <laughs> Of the recall
0: oh, I love these
1: men
3: uh,
0: I watched the Bugs Bunny Roadrunner movie on VHS oh, Many, many times as a child, Chris As
1: did I <laughs> Well, speaking of beloved cartoons That one on page uh, 56 yeah. yeah,
0: Two issues of Scooby-Doo TV yeah, oh, I didn't see that I mean, That was bi-monthly originally and Now it's up to uh, semi-monthly Two issues per month Ah, uh, yeah. So we got Scooby meets uh, Mister Miracle and Big Barda and some other apocalyptic threats. And at number forty-six, uh, the Scooby Gang meets Black Lightning. Unbelievable. Ugh. Yeah, I'm, I'm not complaining. Actually, I... yeah, at least it's a great bookshelf. Oh,
2: that it, it totally is.
0: And it's only yeah. two ninety-nine. The issue. It again, all all good points. Just she's getting a little rare even at DC these days. Yeah. I did want to mention on page fifty. Uh, I noticed that. Uh, Scott Lobdell and Fabian Nicieza Are co-writing Nightwing right now
1: Oh, wow! Oh, so, the X-Men team Exactly wow.
0: That's just what I was going to say If you were a fan of the X-Men in the 90s Maybe you ought to be trying Nightwing now
1: Good pick, Mark I'm Martin Arniflo- Floppy, gentlemen Are you ready for trades? Uh-
0: Uh, On page 60, I'm not all that interested in what DC's been doing with Suicide Squad lately, but that is a really cool Shade the Changing Man cover. Oh, wow, it sure is. Woo! Suicide Squad Black Files number three. And I'm glad that Mike W. Barr is getting some work on these Suicide Squad projects. And Mark Andrejko of uh, Manhunter fame is writing Supergirl.
1: These are all excellent writers.
2: God on seventy-one Wonder Woman's three issues. What is going on?
1: Yeah, so here's the thing, Shane. Triple. I I was I wasn't going to mention that. I was going to try to pass over it. So as not to further spike your blood pressure, but alas, you noticed.
2: Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Wave of the future. (laughs) There's not even a story
1: arc or something special going on. It's not a crossover. (laughs) Oh, what's a. God it, Shane's almost becoming like pants now in this moment. I I just, I did, just did you hear that? Just, I just don't, I don't get it. At least there's art by Carrie Nord in issue sixty one and sixty two.
2: When the, the cover that you see there's gorgeous. Mm,
1: yeah. Ugh. The Dodsons. Anyway. <laughs> well, I'm looking at page seventy two, seventy three. They're reissuing some wonderful stuff here. Yeah, they are. I mean you can never go wrong with new Teen Titans, the Judas contract. It was one of my alternates for top five books to bring to a deserted island. Shane, I know you're a fan of this, and I am as well. The Batgirl year one. Oh, fantastic story. That's a classic yeah. by Chuck Dixon, Scott Absolutely. Bade, Marcos Martin, Alvaro Lopez Art. This is a wonderful uh, sort of year one you know, take on the Batgirl character. I. I this in, did Dixon do Robin year one? Uh,
0: I think think he did. Uh, yeah, yeah. He, he and Scott Beatty, I, I think they okay may have teamed up on that one, too.
1: Because that, that one's great, too. So and I them, highly recommend both of those. They're
2: often collected together in a volume two yeah. that was out for a while. I did see... Um, God, when I, it, it might have been on that DC app. I swear I saw something about Deadman and Kelly Jones. It was either an interview or...
1: It's right here on page seventy two
2: yeah but I like an actual interview with him talking about how he, oh, okay how
1: he came up with the way he drew dead man it was
2: really interesting
1: i never I never read that book the Mike Barron, uh Kelly Jones dead man
2: no I didn't either um but I, I may pick it up just based on that
1: well on page seventy four for me this is one of the highlights of new fifty two which was Jeff John's Aquaman run I loved it um I thought it was such a reverent take on the character without while also acknowledging some of the, the silliness but sort of taking it from a different perspective. Uh, this is a an omnibus, a hardcover, 75 bucks. It's, it, it's John's entire run on Aquaman, over 700 pages. Uh, Granted, is, you can probably find these stories in soft cover trades and bins, but… It is a good run. It's really good. I highly recommend it. I, and the ne- next page I enjoyed his, – his run is End and Dead and his run on Aquaman has been wonderful as well. This collects the last Suicide Squad Aquaman crossover Sync Atlantis, which was fun. Page 76, they're releasing uh, – what is this? The Death of the Family Saga, Batman by Grant Morrison, Volume 2. The o- you know what? Shane, what did you think of the Shadow of the Bat series? I used to love Shadow
2: of the Bat. Yeah, me too. i enjoyed it uh, for many, many, many years. Gosh, I can't remember if – I can't remember if the series ended – and I collected all of it and read all of it, or if I stopped partway through, but I certainly know up to at least and beyond what's in this issue, um, unless 42 is the last issue, which I don't think – I think that went on for quite a while after this. Oh, and yeah. it went well past 42. I, I, I couldn't oh, remember. Yeah, I thought that, that that series had some incredible stories and some really neat artwork and even, even just covers, very ar- artistically beautiful covers.
1: And for those listeners who aren't familiar with this book, basically it was a showcase book where they, they, DC gave different top-flight creators the opportunity to do a Batman story. So you know they took place in all different time periods, and uh, almost consistently great. I thought, yeah. uh, like, it was really a series. And you know, you could easily find you can easily go to a, a well-stocked bargain bin and find a lot of these issues.
2: I mean, I, uh, I, I guess if you're talking about this time period, really, we were. We were paying for double shipping because it was Batman, Detective, Legends of the Dark Knight, and this anyway. So you're still getting four bat books.
0: Yep, same story with the Spider-Man titles. Yeah, or the Superman titles. Yeah. All right, chances so we're talking about feeling old. Turn to
1: page seventy-nine. It's been ten years since Blackest Night.
2: Yeah, I saw that. That blows me away. I'm like ten years. Wow. <laughs> I don't know where the hell those years went. Ten years. Uh, I think they went into these microphones. Well, that's true. Too. <laughs> I might. I know I don't have the issues anymore because I think I sold them to Chris on the previous page, seventy-seven, um, Batman: The Cape Crusader, Volume Two, Marv Wolfman and John Byrne, mm. art by Jim Apparo, yeah. Patrick Broderick. That was a good. That was a good. Good time on that book too. I enjoyed oh, that one. Yeah. But yeah, ten years.
1: Gosh. And I loved Blackest Night. I thoroughly enjoyed it.
2: I did too, and and <laughs> I never, ever, ever once, not 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 even entertained it. Did I ever? want to try marvel zombie book and yet here i loved all of blackest night and then at the end of it after reading everything i thought huh i just saw all all of dc's versions of dc zombies hmm. <laughs> that's weird
0: yeah but it was in continuity and there were that's true power rings involved that's, true.
2: So. that's true that's true
1: uh, I like. Nice to see on page eighty. They're doing a DC Universe Len Wein book. So Len yeah. Wein passed away not too long ago. You know, one of the great writers of the of the Bronze Age, um, and they're, they're reprinting a lot of his stories. Uh, involving the Justice League, Phantom Stranger, Action Comics. Uh, let's see, DC Comics presents Green Lantern, Swamp Thing. So that's he was a great writer. And one of my all-time – go ahead. I'm sorry, gentlemen. Well, go ahead.
2: You say what you're going to say because I know you're going to talk about what I was.
1: Yeah, so below it is one of my all-time favorite DC stories, which is New Frontier. Uh, Reissued in a new paperback. Tremendous cover. It's the late, great Darwin Cook who died way too young. Oh, Mm. my gosh, yeah.
2: I love his art. I had the absolute edition of that. I sold it, and then I – as odd as it sounds, I sold it. Then he passed away, and all I wanted to do was get a normal-sized copy, so I right away found a hard book version of it, but in a normal comic size, and uh, it's a gorgeous version of it. The Absolute was just too big. I I wanted a a more normal-looking size for, for that book.
1: I remember the apps I used to have in the shop for a while. It was beautiful, but you know, it's 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 daunting in size. Yeah, <laughs> and and I'm surprised the way with those books.
2: I'm surprised they've rebranded it a black label. I mean, I guess it makes sense for for the content, some of the content in it, but yeah, that's, that that's surprising. Where does it me. say it's a black label? Right? isn't that. that with that little thing right there? Mm. Yes, it is. Oh this, yeah, uh, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Hmm. Interesting. I'm looking forward to this. Well, not looking forward, but so I find interesting this DC Valentine's Day trade. It's collecting uh, stories from uh, Young Romance 52 Valentine's Day Special Number One The Monsters and Love One and Harley Quinn Valentine's Day Special Number One. These are not old stories, so these are not from you know. Don't be fooled by the, the titles; these are not you know Bronze Age titles. Uh, but it's got work by Amanda Connor, Jimmy Palmiotti, Paul Dini, Mark Russell, Steve Laurent, Orlando, art or by Brian Hitch, Kelly Jones, among others. So. If that uh, strikes your fancy, by all means, it's uh, 176 pages, $17. Oh, look what's below that, Shane.
2: Yeah, I love that. Love that story. <laughs> I really enjoyed the Elseworlds titles.
1: That was a great concept.
2: Yes, it was.
0: Oh.
1: Remember, please do the proper pronunciation of that pint-sized villain's name.
0: Uh, well, there have been a couple, but uh, Mixis Pitlick is the one I favor. Mixis oh, Spit- fantastic.
1: Mix- Mixis <laughs> Pitlick.
0: I'm looking ahead to page eighty-three. This is a nice collection.
1: DC Universe: The Bronze Age Omnos by Jack Kirby. So they're collecting in a oh, look at this thing because I know you always frown upon when the the binding is out of control. One thousand four hundred seventy-two pages. Yeah,
2: yeah. I, I, God, two volumes, two volumes, and, and still that would be five hundred
1: pages. Yeah, hundred fifty dollars. Basically, it's pretty much everything Kirby did for DC besides The New Gods. Yeah. So it's In the Days of the Mob, Spirit World, which – Spirit World was reprinted in a hardcover some years back. Uh, The Deem 1 through 16, the Sandman 1 through 6, OMAC 1 through 8, Our Fighting Forces, which is some of his best work from the 70s. I know Kirby was really fond of our, our Fighting Forces work. Superpowers from 84, Superpowers from 85, First Issue Specials 1, 5, and 6. DC Comics Presents 84, Richard Dragon, Kung Fu Fighter Issue Three, Word Mystery Tales one through three, and Forbidden Tales of Dark Mansion number six. No Cobra though. Interesting.
2: Hmm. Hmm. I still maintain the best omnibus I've ever purchased, and not because of the content alone, is the Starman Omnibus. I think the way that's formatted is perfect.
1: Oh, I couldn't agree Oh, those books are wonderful. But I'm even, t- I mean I'm not talking about the content, which we already know, but the the production value. The production,
2: movies. the size, the way you can read them, handle them, it, that is what to me an omnibus should look like.
1: Now have you ever – have you ever really broken down Starman on the air, Shane, like really talked no. about? No,
3: Mm-mm.
2: OK, we've got to
1: do that because that's a series I haven't read in – like I've read it a couple times. Mm-hmm. I, I had the the fortune of – I didn't start it when it first came out, but I read some of the trades and I jumped into the series before it ended. Um but I, I, it's been a while since I've read it. We should we should revisit that some someday because yeah. that'd be a great discussion.
2: I am I am I'm I'm, I'm, I'm a, I am in my third time rereading it, and I'm a, at issue thirty. And then I pause to go read a couple other things, um,
1: and then I'll come back to it soon. I'm sure it still holds up magnificently. Oh my gosh, yes. And in, in our in our top fives on the Desert Island, I. That was that was of course one of your top picks. That was one of my alternates, and I think a bunch of the people in the forum put it in their top five or list too, That's, or at least mentioned it. So it's just fantastic. You know, I'm looking at page eighty-five. I sometimes forget how much I love Powers when it was originally coming out on a consistent basis by Bendis and Oming. Um, the first several arcs of that book, I I, I thought were tremendous. Uh, and then i just I just fell off with it because it just came out so sporadically, and I heard the TV show was terrible i didn 't see it um, but if you 've never read powers again it 's about two homicide detectives who are tasked with investigating superpower related homicides, and how the male detective has a very interesting past to, to say the least when it comes to being intertwined with some of these superpowered individuals I, I love the what did you guys think of Powers? Did you, any other one of you read it as it was coming out originally?
2: I never read it. Oh, really? Nope, not at all.
0: I read uh, the first issue and one other issue, which I think was guest scripted by Warren Ellis. Um, so uh, I've hardly read enough of the, the total run to put together a, a blanket comment on it. It's, I'm just not that big a fan of Bendis' writing style in general.
1: That's true. I, I was, that's true, Murray. You always do make that point. Uh, well, I would say to this if, if someone's interested in, in you know homicide cops and, and superpowered beings and, and a really interesting take on that concept, definitely check this out. Um, although, for me, that's, that's still the best example of that in many ways is Gotham Central. But uh, I'm, not, I'm sure Shame would concur with that opinion. Yeah, yeah. I'll agree with that. Page 87, I, I, Shazam the Monsters of Evil by Jeff Smith. They're reprinting the the, the classic bone creators' uh, take on uh, Captain Marvel. This is, of course, for the movie. And then below that, they have – they're reprinting the Jeff Johns Gary Frank story with the cover of the actor Zachary Levy as Shazam. Mm-hmm. Or as we would say, Captain Marvel. They yes. can't say that. As yeah. we,
0: we certainly would. Anyway. Yes, we would.
1: All right. Anything else you have for G- DC, gentlemen?
2: I like some of the statues, but it's been a long time since I could get any of them.
1: Well, it's a matter of space, money. Yep.
2: <laughs> I almost got <gosh>, <laughs> on page 103 in the upper right-hand corner with the Doomsday Clock ah, yep. comedian to marionette. As I'm flipping through for a split second, I thought, ah! They finally put the marionette and the mime together, and then I'm like, oh, crap, no That's a comedian. No, did I? Crap. <laughs> yeah, forget that.
1: Sorry, Pooh Bear. I know that's been a long, long been a burr in your uh, bonnet there. All right, let's so move on to uh, IDW.
2: All right. 20 years of IDW. That's,
1: uh, 20 years, that's crazy. Shane, we seem to be reflecting a lot on our mortality in uh, this particular episode of Comic Geek Speak.
2: I've, I've been doing that for two years. It's just culminating <laughs> right now. God,
1: 20 years. And as you mentioned, again, Disney slash Marvel spreading the love. So yeah. Marvel Action One Thirty Two, One Thirty
2: Three. Yeah, they have
1: 133. These are kids' Marvel stories oriented towards kids.
2: Now, I know of your love of Black Panther. Are you going to pick this up? It's by Kyle Baker.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. In fact, Shane, I'm glad you pointed it out because I didn't realize Kyle Baker was writing and drawing this. I'm definitely getting it. Hmm.
0: Well, good news Absolutely. there is that it's 50% off at dcbservice.com. Awesome. clutch clutches always. And it seems IDW oh. is further celebrating this 20th anniversary uh, min- uh, milestone of theirs. Uh, oh,
1: Shane, look at the Star Trek one. Uh-huh. Oh,
0: yep series of one-shots uh, for their licensed properties My Little Pony, Star Trek the Next Generation, TMNT, Gem and the Holograms and Ghostbusters. Um they're they're called 2020 one-shots. Um they're each uh, 36 pages and each one is set either 20 years in the future of what's going on in, currently in those titles or 20 years in the past. On the Stargazer.
1: Yep. And so it's written by Peter David Art by J.K. Woodward. Yeah. Ooh, how, how worked you, together on, on, they worked together on Fallen Angel.
0: How do you go wrong on that? Yep. I'm not even that big a Star Trek fan, but uh, since you pointed out the creative team just now, I'm oh. making a mark. Need to buy that one shot. And I,
1: David is re- – I mean David is one of the best writers in the business, but he's also renowned for many of his Star Trek adaptations mm-hmm. and original stories.
2: His new Frontier
1: line I Loved. Loved. Yeah, I'm I'm getting this too because you know you always hear about Picard talking about his time on the Stargazer. Mm-hmm. So,
2: and that's um, that's over his over his right shoulder on the, our our left side viewing. That's um, Beverly's husband.
1: Oh, that's right. Okay, good pick, Shane.
2: I love when I come across J.K. Um, live streaming on Facebook or something, and he's doing Star Trek stuff. I'll if I can sit there and watch it, I will.
1: Right now, as, I, as I'm sitting in my, my subterranean office, I have you know two JK pieces on my wall that he I commissioned from him, uh, a Sandman Mystery Theater, black and white, full – not not just a sketch, a full drawing, and then a, a Blade the Vampire Slayer on, on a motorcycle. They, they are stunning. Man, if, you, if anybody has an opportunity to commission work from him, don't even – whatever you have to pay, and, and he's not unreasonable anyway, yeah. boy, is it worth every penny. I've got a just stunning.
2: booster and beetle and uh, pants one year for one of our Christmas exchanges. Got a Doctor Who with Matt Smith and uh, Captain Picard.
1: Awesome. All right, speaking of Star Trek, we've got to go to page 151. First of all, it matters that Tiptons are writing another Star Trek story. The Q Conflict. Yeah. Art Dave Messina, one of the covers by J.K. Woodward. When a dispute between godlike beings threatens the galaxy, it will take all of Starfleet's best captains to stop them. Join Kirk, Picard, Janeway, and Cisco as they go head in a competition will determine the fate of the Earth and beyond. Is there even any hesitation on this, Shane? Uh, Sounds like really.
2: Yeah. Well. Yeah. We'll see. It's just a one shot. Maybe if it's a mini series, probably not. Uh, I'm pretty it's sure six it's parts. A yeah, six parts. Then I'll wait for the trade and
1: I'll get it then. And Shane, I'm going to get it per month, and I will, give you, I will let you know in a very safe, general way what I think of it.
2: <laughs> now, that could change if my budget allows, but for the most part, most Star Trek stories, when I want to read them, I get them in a trade. The only ones I didn't were the, um, the recent Mirror Universe ones.
1: Those are fantastic. Same yes, writing team.
2: Back on page 146, I have the Star Wars version of this. Um, Star Wars Empire Strikes Back Graphic Novel Adaptation. I really liked the way they did the. Oh, style. I, I remember
1: on. this. Okay, yeah.
2: I don't know that I'll pick this up right away, but I, I may keep keep tab I mean, it's nine ninety nine. It's not bad.
1: I like the art, I like the artwork in it. The style. Yeah. Look at poor Dak. <laughs> oh yeah, he's gone. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I could take on the
2: Empire all myself. (laughs) I know what you mean. You hear that, guys? Dak says
1: he's got this one.
2: (laughs) Oh, poor Dak. You've got a part in Star Wars. Oh my god, that's awesome. You're going to die in like 30 seconds. (laughs) Crap. Doesn't matter.
0: His immortality is assured. That's right. His meal ticket is written. Endless Star Wars conventions. I
2: bought a Dak figure when they had one out and put it in a snowspeeder with Luke in front the other, god,
1: years ago. And he got to patch in the auxiliary, so you know. He <laughs> moment. Uh, look at this on page 162. Joe Staten, classic artist, who appeared at one of our uh, super shows, actually. Written by Jerome, uh, forgive me if I mispronounce this, Charon or Karen. Two brothers, one a man of God, the other a man of the mob, and a city on the edge of chaos to do anything to survive. So, hey, it's Joe Staten artwork. High praise in testimonials from both Warren Ellis and Howard Chaykin, So And then below that, treasures retold, lost art of Alex Toth. Oh, what a master. Little scene artwork and complete stories from the 1950s and beyond. That's great. Let's see here. Oh, 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 on page 168. Yep. The late, great Bernie Wrightson, who died... Not too long ago as well. So this is stuff written by Len and and others, and they're, they're in the compasses. Uh, let's see here. Uh, some of was DC Comics, Mystery Books, Swamp Thing, and rarely seen in completely until now, uh, Treasures. Looks beautiful. Three foldouts. Wow. That makes wow. me
2: nervous. Three foldouts. <laughs> that size book, I can see them getting ripped, but yeah, it looks gorgeous.
1: It looks absolutely, I mean, he was a tremendous artist. And so they've really done his work justice here. And of course, next page, you, they have a bunch of Kirby stuff. Yeah. These, these are reactions the Mighty Thor, the, their second FF book. Fantastic. Um, actually, book, two FF books, I apologize. And Thor, and then Marvel's Heroes and Monsters Artist Edition. I'm not familiar with that one. Wow. God. Love Kirby. Those Friday W gentlemen, marvelous. Oh,
0: I think we've reached the finish line for this section of the catalog.
1: All right, marvel it is. Now, last month we were we were discussing how we were being teased, tantalized, titillated with Clan the Barbarian number one. They just gave us a, a like a snapshot page written by the great Jason Aaron, art by Mahmoud Asrar, covered by Saad Ribic. Oh. Now we get the full, the full monty here.
2: Is that Red Sonya on page four?
1: Let's have a look. Yes, it looks like it. Uh well, she has white hair. White hair, though.
2: No, oh, that's what threw me.
1: But she did right. The, the breastplates seem to indicate Red Sonya. We'll see. I mean, Jason Aaron, like that. We mentioned earlier and in this episode, the book God Damned, he did some years back, which is like his take on, uh. I think it's like life in Old Testament times, if I remember correctly. It was tremendous, and uh, I want to say it was the artist who did. Why the last? No, was it? I'm brain farting there, but Aaron is just it, Aaron is born to write Conan. I mean, look at when you look at his work on Thor, his work on the Goddamned. This is the, this is the, the the next logical step. So, I'm really excited to see this. You know, Conan's sort of quote come home back to the, the comic company that launched him in comics. Uh, … which is Marvel, uh, page uh, 8 and 9. They're, they're reissuing a lot – again, the, the cheap True Believers. I love this concept, the True Believers books where you get yeah. reprinted books for a buck. I mean these are, look at these classics, Conan 1 and 4. These are the classic uh, Roy Thomas, Barry Windsor Smith stories. Then you have you know Gil Kane covers, uh, the first appearance of Belie, Queen of the Black Coast… Some of the great savage tales, King Conan, What If Conan Walked the Earth Today. These are, these are all classics. And then on page 10, what Guardians of the Galaxy gets another relaunch.
0: Oh, yeah. Gotta say, I like the looks of this one, though. I uh, was gonna
1: was ask you to comment on that, Murd. Please do.
0: Well, it's just the open endedness of the membership is kind of intriguing. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's written by Donnie Cates, who's kind of been uh, one of the premier cosmic writers at uh, Marvel right now. And, um, so apparently this new Guardians uh, could uh, potentially include any spacefaring or otherwise cosmic Marvel character, uh, past, present, or future. Because we've got uh, the entire, pretty much the whole membership of the original, uh, like, 1969-introduced Guardians of the Galaxy yep, yep. of the far future. Uh, we've got some of the more recent people, like Star-Lord and Rocket Raccoon. You've got the Shi'ar Imperial Guard. You've got uh star Is that Nighthawk? Uh, Darkhawk. Dark Hawk, that's what I meant. Sorry. Of yep. uh, The uh, 90s character who later got yep. a new lease on life by uh, – p- apparently there's a space-faring wrinkle to his legacy that uh, wasn't revealed until like the War of Kings storyline a bunch of years ago. Where's Darkhawk? Dark, Where is he? Darkhawk – oh, uh, d- this image Age right 11. here. He's actually on the front cover. Oh. Lower left. That oh, is Darkhawk. Okay. Right uh, between Star-Lord and Beta Ray Bill. So yeah, lots of uh, possibilities here, um, and yeah, it's I don't know how many of these characters are going to stick around, but the fact that so many of them are being thrown in there, yeah, I, I love a good casting call. So I'm yeah, <laughs> I was trying to look and on Mer- the uh, around cover for. Yeah, it's it's kind of like a cosmic cattle call, really. So uh, yeah, I'm going to try that out. Um, yeah, first issue by Donnie Cates, art by Jeff Shaw.
1: And Murdy can never go wrong with moon dragon.
0: Oh, so yes, <laughs> agreed. Oh, and All it, right, so
1: keep go ahead, Mert, I'm sorry.
0: Did we mention that Conan and the Barbarian by Aaron and Asrar uh, is fifty percent off at dcbservice.com.
1: Excellent. You have done that duty just now, my friend. Thank you. All right. Now, of course, uh with the movie coming out, we have a new Captain Marvel number one, written by Kelly Thompson, art by Carmen Carnero. That trailer looks so fun. Yes, it does. Oh wow. I'm I'm really excited to see that movie. Um between that and Shazam, to it
2: two two movies that look
0: like just an absolute yeah fun. Two Captain Marvel movies, in fact.
2: Yeah, all fun. Uh, yeah.
1: When is the Shazam movie supposed to come out? I I, I don't know that. Uh, well, let's see.
0: Shazam film. Shazam. <laughs> uh, date of release uh, April fifth, twenty nineteen.
1: All right, so so a month after Captain Marvel, then. Yeah. And speaking of nostalgia, on page eighteen, this is interesting because of who's writing it. The Invaders number no. one, written by Chip Zdarsky. Now I'm very excited by this because I've been devouring his Marvel Two in One book. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm really interested to see what his take is on this,
0: you know, classic uh, sort of retro golden age concept. Mm-hmm. Art by Carlos Magno, who's uh, done a bunch of uh, work for uh, Boom Studios. Um, And And Butch uh, Guice. Yes, Butch Guice doing... uh, I don't know how the breakdown of uh, of duties is going to be between the two of them. Um, If he's going to be inking Magno a little... I don't know if if his inks are going to bring out the best in Magno's pencils. Let's put it that way. Uh, But, yeah, it's... uh, uh, well, this is a very uh, tantalizing creative team, and you know, like you, Chris, I'm also a big fan of the Invaders. I'm actually just this summer started uh, reading through the entire run, including the uh. Marvel Premiere issues introducing the Liberty Legion. Oh, right up your alley. So yes, I too am interested to see what this particular creative team is going to do with the retro Golden Age concept. And according and according to the
1: uh, copy, there, Namor is, is the enemy in this, so they're gonna be hunting him. Apparently, is unleashed new machinations uh, against the surface world.
0: Mm. Well, you know, so. he doesn't have a movie yet, so uh, he has to be a bad. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, check out, check out the oh my gosh, Alec Ross variant cover
0: on the next page. Yeah. Wow, yeah, that's, that is gorgeous. That's a uh, Bill Everett-worthy uh, Namor right there. Well put, Merton. And by the way, just to tease
1: people further, I've been doing a lot of research about Bill Everett lately. And well, I uh, will leave it at that for right now. So stay tuned. Okay, so on page 23, few Marvel characters get me more excited and, and, and more arouse awe in me than Doctor Doom. And so, Dance Lot. You know his new run on FF. I've been enjoying. It. I've read the first couple issues, and it looks like they're bringing Doctor Doom back. Now, interestingly enough, Doctor Doom has been quote benevolent in in the version of Iron Man's armor he's been using in the past couple of years. it's made him it one of the most interesting characters in the Marvel Universe because he seemed to be, you know, for lack of a better term, changing. Now, I don't know what they're going to do with him now because they have him back in his traditional uh, sinister garb, but. It's Dan, Dan Slott doing FF, Dr. Doom. I'm all over this. Evil. Herald of Doom. Pum, pum,
2: pum. He's evil.
1: Gal- Galactus has returned to devour the Earth. Only one man can save us, Dr. Doom. All right, that's enough. <laughs> Check this out. This is interesting. Uh, so they're bringing back classic reprint comics. Who didn't love Marvel tales when they wanted to reread old Spider-Man stories, for example? Sure. Um, now they're, they're bringing it back, so reprinting Fantastic Four Annual 6, Fantastic Four Number 4, and Fantastic Four 245. Wow. That's neat. I love Marvel Tales. Just looking at Daredevil, Man Without Fear, I, I just – neither one of you have seen Daredevil Season 3 on Netflix yet, correct? No. no. Okay. Let me tell you something. I, I've really enjoyed all the Marvel series to, to varying degrees. This season of Daredevil is in a class by itself. Wow! Yeah, I, I got to tell you, I, I, it, it is just flooring me because basically all I'll say is they've taken Born Again and they've worked it into the continuity of the show. It, it's 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 phenomenal. I mean, when the source material is that strong and they and they they, they you know they work with it properly, you're going to get just Top flight television. And let me tell you something. Vincent D'Onofrio is the kingpin. One of the greatest performances I've seen in any of the Marvel properties anywhere Wow! in terms of their film and television. He is absolutely terrifying. So check that out, listeners. Then go read Born Again if you haven't or just read it again. All right. I'm looking on page 29. Crypt of Shadows. So Marvel's celebrating 80 years. That's right. Because it'll be 1939. Mm -hmm. Wow.
0: And they're asking us to celebrate with them by buying these generic uh, trademark renewing one-shots.
1: Yep. Al Ewing, good writer. Another uh, title that's intriguing me in the Marvel 80-year celebration is uh, War is Hell. That was a war comic they did uh, briefly in the Bronze Age. Well, they actually introduced uh, – Murray, you would be interested in this. They introduced the Marvel concept of death in the Warren's Hell comic, if I remember correctly. I think
0: I do remember reading you know, that, that someplace. Yeah,
1: like, Yeah. so that, like that personification of death that, of course, Thanos will become obsessed with first appears. Uh, and I, if I remember correctly, I am a price guy, from I think that issue where death appears fetches a few dollars actually. Um, this is Howard Chaikin writing and drawing a World War II story involving the Luftwaffe and the RAF. I'm all over that. And then you have uh, Philip Johnson writing a story about uh, a modern-day uh, Afghanistan. so I'm definitely picking that book up. Check out this. Look at this Shane on page 33. Marvel Comics presents.: Yeah, I was surprised by that. That's my favorite
2: Wolverine costume. I always like the brown one better.
1: Oh always my favorite too. Far he's far more intimidating in it. yeah. Um, so we've got work by Charles Soule, and Ascente Greg back. Covered by Arthur Adams and Federico Blee. Art Adams, cover. All-new tale of the man they call the Wolverine begins in the 1940s. Then comes Captain America, the first Avenger of World War II. And all-new tale of – untold tale of Namor and the atom bomb. Yeah. That would be worth trying out. All right. I got my shipment today as speaking of the X-Men – I'm gonna. I try the Magneto Black Blackster. It's a one-shot by Chris Claremont. I haven't read it yet, oh. but I'm looking forward to seeing how what Claremont how Claremont revisits was you know was greatest not a character he created but certainly a character I think he fully
0: realized. Yeah, Marvel went back for a second printing of that one-shot, so it must have wow. really awful.
1: wow. Okay, well, I'll be sure to read it uh, post taste. Check out on page forty-one.
0: The Primordial Iron Fist. So, yeah, I guess yep. this woman is going to be the first uh, bearer of the Iron Fist legacy. As, uh, yep. seems seems a little strange that there'd be an Iron Fist in one million B.C., but also sprach Jason Aaron um on the opposite <laughs> i'm actually more interested in the opposite page there the new avengers support team the all-new secret avengers which includes uh alan davis cover oh yes yes which will catch you right no matter what but yeah Kesar and zabu are in there and uh gorilla man of the 50s avengers slash agents of atlas and uh, that, that looks an awful lot like the all-father odin who sure does who is apparently a member of the avengers support team now that's interesting to note so, yeah, that that's an issue I may be checking out. Well, I've been
1: thoroughly enjoying Aaron's run on Avengers, so I, re- I remain signed up. Uh, his, Aaron's run on Thor continues to dazzle. I, I can't recommend – I mean, he's been on that book now for quite a few years. I can't recommend that enough. I'm, I'm just amused on page 55. Spider-Man, Deadpool, enter Blastar!
3: <laughs>
0: just, yeah, that kind of looks like it's uh, – spoofing, like an old uh, Atlas-era monster cover.
1: Yep. But, you know, great Kirby concept from the heyday of the FF and the Silver Age.
0: The living bomb burst. Right. One of the warlords of the negative zone. Indeed.
2: (laughs) Here you go. Page 76, Uncanny X-Men number one in 3D, with 3D glasses. (laughs) Uh, takes all kinds. Yeah. <laughs> uncanny, I want to put uh, Uncanny X Men. am sorry. Uncanny X Men two sixty eight, like you've never seen it before in three D.
1: Two sixty eight is a classic. That, that's that's actually one of my all time favorite X Men stories when they show how Logan and Steve Rogers first met. World two. Sure. Great stuff. I was raving last month on my page back on page sixty one about. The new Winter Soldier Merny series because written by Kyle Higgins, art by Rod Reyes. I I mean Higgins is is such a he's one of those writers that doesn't always get the attention of some like the so called superstars, but he's just as good as far as I'm concerned. Just check out Cal, check out Hadrian's Wall. Um I'm really excited to read this. And I, Mer, Have you been reading any of the Mark Wade Doctor Strange?
0: Uh yes. Uh well. I've been buying it anyway. Um, so, yeah, I'm aware that the the first arc starts out with Doctor Strange's magic slowly leaving him yeah. and uh, Doctor Strange taking some advice from Tony Stark and uh, going into outer space uh, to yep. find the answer. So exploring worlds of alien magic.
1: And I've read uh, – I think, I think I've think read the first – I want to say four uh, – it looks like it. It's outstanding. I mean, again, Mark Wade is just a writer who – any of property touches, it, it, it's, he touches, it's – he just realizes the essence of the characters and makes them great, and he also finds the humanity, and he, he's always so reverent towards the history, and that continues with Doctor Strange. I'm thoroughly enjoying this title. I, I can't recommend it enough. Definitely one of Marvel's top series right now as far as I'm concerned.
0: Huh. As far as I'm concerned, we can uh, jump straight to the Star Wars section of the book.
2: Yeah, Ugh. Oh. all these great-looking one-shots.
1: I'm a big fan of the artist Luke Ross. Notice him on page 85. He did some great work on Spider-Man, um, and then with some great Jamie Demetia Spider-Man stories involving Norman Osborn. Mm-hmm. But his work on Ron Mars's Samurai Heaven and Earth, which I've talked about on the show a couple once in a while over the years. Is just stunning. Uh, his take on you know feudal Japan and a samurai who has to actually travel to other parts of the world to try to uh, regain his lady love who's been sold into slavery. This guy's a tremendous artist. I think he did Darth Maul many years back as well. Actually, now that I think about it, but his work is beautiful. Shane, are you, are you, are you caught up with the Star Wars flap?
2: God no. Okay, I am woefully behind. You now, did
1: you, behind. Finish the, did you finish the Aaron run?
2: Yes. Yeah.
1: Okay. So remember at the end of the Aaron run, you had that the great Special Forces Stormtrooper squad? Yeah. It, we're kind of with them out there. We don't know what happens to them. Kieran Gilliam's returning those characters on page 87 oh, in Star okay. Wars 60.
2: Number 60. I wondered about that. Why Why one of them had a late I didn't think about that.
1: Um... This – the Scar Squadron is one of one of Aaron's great concepts from what I had already a classic run on the Star Wars comic. Yeah. And Gillen has proven to be a, certainly a worthy successor. I mean his Darth Vader run that he did was, was one of the greatest Star Wars comics ever read, period. Mm-hmm. but that he they did for Marvel a couple of years back. But man, the Star Wars title, I have yet to read one issue that hasn't thoroughly satisfied me. Oh. I, I say that without hyperbole. It is tremendous. They,
2: they just do a fantastic job. I, I'm so impressed. I never thought that they would
1: all be – as well done as they are. Yep, and the the latest uh, arc, Hope Dies. Oh! Oh, man! It lives up to the title. It's just Vader Unleashed. So good. (laughs) And page 8089, Star Wars Shadow of Vader, a new Vader miniseries. Written by Chuck Wendig. I never, I did not notice
2: when I first looked at that cover, you take that Vader number two, which is odd that Vader number two
0: is on the page mm. for Vader, number one. Probably but a layout error.
2: Probably. Flip that over. What a great um, mirror image there.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: And the death's head. Uh-huh. Yeah, Very cool. Good catch. That's nice, a nice catch there, Shane.
0: Uh, I'm into trades
1: unless you guys have something else about in floppies.
2: No, other than to say I like that on page – let's see page 94 and 95, they give some advertisement to the IDW stuff. Hmm. I'm kind of impressed by that, too.
0: No hard feelings, obviously.
2: That's kind of nice. Oh, yeah. I don't know that I've ever seen that before. Cross-promotion in the same previews or or even other previews for different books that relate to Hmm. the company you're looking at.
0: They're all eating at the same
1: trough. Oh, sure, sure. Okay, on page... 98. This is this is the this is the aforementioned book that's going to probably blow my budget for the month. Ah. It's the Amazing Spider-Man Omnibus Volume Four. Now I have the first Omnibus volumes because this this is is kind of the the last part of what I consider just the essence of the greatness of the character. This collects issues 105 to 142, Giant Size Superheroes number one, and Marvel Superheroes number 14. So it's Stanley and Jerry Conway. It's art by Ramita Senior, Gil Kane, Ross Andrew. Um, this is this is um, uh, the death of Gwen Stacy, the quote "death of the Goblin," the first appearance of the Punisher, the Jackal, the Spider-Mobile, uh, <laughs> the Man Wolf. Um, just just the essence of Spidey's Bronze Age run, the classic Conway stories. It's one hundred twenty-five dollars, probably half of a DCB service, would be my guess. I have to get this. <laughs> I just, you know, I have to find a way because th- these are, for me, some of the greatest Spider-Man stories of all time. I- I'm thoroughly excited to own this, even though I have these stories. That, Shane, this is like you with Justice. Sure. I have these stories in other in other collections. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I must own this omnibus and put up with the other three. Great stuff.
2: I still have some of these issues, but on page ninety nine, I enjoyed the the Straczynski
1: run on Spider Man. Oh, it's I loved it. A lot of great stuff. I thought you wrote Peter and Mary Jane very well. Mm-hmm. The dynamic of their because you know they were still married then the dynamic of their marriage. I, I thought he really got that. Uh, that was in fact when I think about his run, that's what I think. I don't think about like the totem stuff. I think about yeah. that first. Yep. Is Peter and his Jane. Otherwise, let's see. We got more Kirby, the Kirby FF Omnibus, collecting various classic uh, periods from that, from his run on that. Floor by Aaron and Dauterman, Volume 3. More of a Masterworks, She-Hulk, Bronze Age Iron Man, Star Wars trades, Thanos trades. Go ahead, I cut somebody off there, I'm
0: sorry. Uh, Another byproduct of the uh, Marvel 80th anniversary celebration, on page 113, Decades Marvel in the 50s, Captain America Strikes, which is basically the complete Captain America commie smasher.
1: (laughs) Yep. Who, as we know through retro continuity, is not Steve Rogers.
0: Right. He's actually a... deranged college professor named William Burnside, who idolized the original Captain America and underwent an experimental treatment uh, to try to replicate the super-soldier uh, project and ended up going slightly insane. And, uh, <laughs> well, he and his uh, little Bucky there, Jack Monroe, who later became Nomad, um, yeah, they uh, had their adventures in the 50s, which were played straight at the time but were later seen for the exercise and ex- insane jingoism that they were. And uh, so, so they're, they're still cleverly kept in continuity, but uh, uh, through the lens of uh, contemporary values. And I'm kind of curious to read uh, what these stories were like originally, because I, I've only read about them. I've never actually read Captain America, comic Smasher. And now's my chance, and I'm taking it. See, this, this moment in time just now is one of the many reasons of why I, I hold you in
1: such high esteem and love you. Because I knew that I could count on you to give a, a quick sort of... A hot move blurb on the significance of the 1950s Captain America <laughs> and boy my friend you did not disappoint
0: I live but to serve Chris
1: <laughs> we should mention that because you're right uh, Brubaker worked these characters in and also of course the most famous was um, Steve Englehart, brought them into the Bronze Age um, and he, he explained basically how the 1950s character Captain America existed when Steve was in, uh, frozen in ice and then Brew Baker took it further. And if I remember correctly, I think Jack Monroe was actually killed in the Brubaker Baker era. Uh,
0: yes, I believe he was. Whether he stayed dead, what? I'm not sure. But he, he definitely well, he yeah. dead for a while.
1: As we always say, it's comics. Anything can happen. Mortality is just, you know, a potential profit margin away. <laughs> All right. Well, I want to t- put it on page 131 Marvel 2 in 1, Volume 2. If you have not tried this series, you love the FF. You love the dynamic of the characters. Do yourself a favor. Get these two trades. I got the first One of Marvel's volume, best series right now.
2: last uh, last shipment a month ago. Mm. So it's on my pile. You got volume. what? The first I'm sorry, I missed what you said. The first oh, volume. Splendid, yep. splendid. On the previous page, um, 129, I read this as Exiles Volume 2, The Trials of the Exiles. That's not what it says, but that's how I read it. Mm, gotcha. I
1: wanted to point out on page 133, so – the. the Marvel Epic Collection. So these are these are high, more expensive trades, but you get a big bang for your bucks. Sure. Forty bucks in color over four hundred fifty pages. Yup, the Kirby Bronze Age Black Panther run.
2: The whole shebang.
1: And also Marvel Premiere. Uh, and also the Black Panther miniseries from nineteen eighty eight. Wow. By uh, Jerry Bingham and Dennis Cowan. Marvel Team of One Hundred. Uh, so this is. Black Panther history from the, the, the late 1970s. This is after the classic McGregor jungle action run, well before the Christopher Priest stuff. But it's all part of the history, and uh, there's Abner Little. There's uh, that African uh, treasure-hunting queen. These stories are whacked. They are <laughs> Kirby, unbound, and unleashed, doing whatever the hell he wanted, constantly be damned. And uh, they're fun we talked. We talked about them in our Black Panther spotlight from a couple of years ago.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Just, just check them out.
0: <laughs> and if you're curious, <laughs> as to one, how go ahead, Murd. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, thank you, Chris. Uh, if you're curious about how the uh, T'Challa and Storm romance uh, got started, I think that's what the material from Marvel Team Up Number 100 will show you.
1: Oh, Murd, clutch. <laughs> that's right. Because I, I remember you telling me this. because so I didn't know that. That's the, the Claremont Burn story, I believe. Right. Oh, well done, Murd. Well done. Isn't he swell, gang? <laughs> well, as you we mentioned before, so page 135. So now Marvel, same thing they're doing with the Star Wars stuff from Dark Horse. They're now yeah. starting to reprint the Conan, and Dark Horse had some tremendous Conan stories. Sure. This is Kurt Biusik and Fabian Ooh,
0: yes, and Carrie Nord on art. Yeah. Thomas A. Greg Ruth and Tom
1: Mandrake. This is good stuff, ladies and gentlemen. I and mean, when they get to the Brian Wood Conan, oh! When he brings in Belit, fantastic. All right, I'm good for Marvel. You guys have else you want to say about Marvel?
2: No, I'm good for Marvel.
0: All right, moving on. Moving. The rest of the on. book. And the first thing we come to is Dynamite. Peter Cannon, Thunderbolt 1. Yes, yes. Now, this, this is a character that's... Uh, I have a certain fondness for. Um, He's a a, a Charlton Silver Age character. If you didn't know, uh, he's uh, who Ozymandias in in Watchmen is based on.
2: Oh, get out. Yeah. I didn't know that.
0: He actually made an appearance in Crisis on Infinite Earths as a denizen of Earth 4. Huh. Because DC briefly owned the rights. They actually, right around the turn of the 90s, they uh, published like a 12-issue series starring Peter Cannon. Hmm. But then they lost the rights, sort of drifted away from them, and uh, well, Dynamite's got it right now. They've done one other series with Peter Cannon in the past. Uh, this time, though, it's being written by Kieran Gillen, kind of not a not a bad thing. No, not at all. He's kind of a not at all. Oh, my God, very talented, uh, sort of maverick writer. Uh, he's, as he says in the, an interview that's published with him here, this is his return uh, to superhero comics uh, after a couple of years away from it. Uh, he's feeling uh, uh, a certain amount of. Uh, angst and agitation and anger uh, d- towards superhero comics. And so he's going to kind of use this series as his uh, uh, a way of t- to vent his discontentment. Um, I, don't how, I don't know how I feel about that, really. I- I'm sorry that uh, Peter Cannon is going to have to be the outlet for this. Um, as, as he puts it, uh, he's, he's writing Peter Cannon as a guy who's uh, very clearly aware he's the smartest man in the room and he hates being in the room. So it sounds like Peter Cannon's going to be something of a dick. As written by Kieran Gillen. And I'm not sure I'm liking the uh, metrosexual take on uh, his friend Tabu. See there in that picture on page 179. Um, But, you know, he's a very skilled writer. And uh, even if I do, I I just kind of think there are a few too many uh, people who think they're the smartest people in the room running around comics these days. But, you know, I'm going to give it a try all the same. It's 50% off the first issue if you order it through DCBService.com. I will do that. And uh, I'll let everybody know what I think. And I will – so we can both share our opinion. All right. Very good. Be like a little mini off the rack. Indeed. Uh, page 24, Ron Mars, always a favorite writer
1: of mine. is taking on Torak. Was Torak a gold key concept? Really?
0: He, he was originally, yeah. Okay. That's right. Son of Stone. So Ron Mars is an excellent writer, so that's probably worth checking out as well. He is. I hope he brings his A-game to the dinosaurs. Yes. Uh,
1: James Bond, I'm looking on page uh, 191. I read the first of James Bond origin, which p- puts Place of James in the era of World War II. It was excellent. Hmm. Jeff Parker, once again, always has that great touch for the – for those those pulpy, nostalgic-type stories. Um, highly recommend it. I, I just got the second issue my shipment, though I loved the first one. So I, I really – If you love James Bond, if you love World War II stories, there's your combination. Let's see what else we got here. A lot of Elvira stuff. It's part of the 50th anniversary of Vampirella. I have never read a Vampirella comic.
2: I have a couple in the past. I don't know that I have any in my collection anymore, but um, I think I picked up at least one copy when J. Scott Campbell did a cover to it, and I read through that.
1: Any impression, or
2: I mean, no, not really. Just from one issue. Um, mm. I mean, it was voluptuously drawn. Mm. So,
0: <laughs> of yeah. course, I've got one or two scattershot issues of Vampy in my collection as well, and it's well, she's kind of uh, a different character from moment to moment. You know, she doesn't have a whole lot of uh, set in stone canon mm. behind her. Yeah. But she, she's it, it's. More about the image and the attitude, I think, than about any setback story. Gotcha. Well, talk uh, so about attitude in page 208.
1: Buffy the Vampire is like it's a relaunch comic from Boom. Yeah. Written by Jordy Belair. So it's reimagined under the guidance of series creator Sweden. So,
0: the, so they're kind of reimagining Buffy and her world, taking her back to high school. Mm. And the first issue of that is fifty percent off at DCBService.com. So if you want to check out the beginning of the uh, next phase of uh, Buffy comics, you know, post Dark Horse. Yeah, you can do it at a discount. And else from Bullington's out of gentlemen.
2: Jim Henson's Beneath the Dark Crystal. I'm waiting for that to be all done before I go to. I know there's a volume one solicited, solicited here, and six of twelve is. Also solicited right below it.
0: I just read a Dark Crystal comic uh, earlier today. Yeah? Yep. I uh, needed to take my mother to the eye doctor this afternoon. And I happened to have um, a little pocket-sized manga edition. Sure, yep. I I think it was still under the Archaea imprint when Archaea was still an independent publisher as Mm -hmm. opposed to a subsidiary of Boom. It was written by uh, Barbara Randall Kiesel and was called Dark Crystal The Garthim Wars. And it was about uh, some tribes of gelflings and the steps they took to defend themselves when the Garthim, you know, those big armored hulking beetle things from yeah. Dark Crystal came around and started harvesting them. Uh, hmm. Did to, you like it? Uh, yeah. Well, 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 Barbara Randall, well, she's a talented uh, writer and editor of many years' experience. And the art was uh, kind of an American manga fusion okay. style. It's, right. it, was, it was one of the earlier Dark Crystal comics published, I think. Sure. Hmm. It was kind of a prequel to the movie. Uh, oh well, if you, if you happen to enjoy Adventure Time, uh, that I know Eric Nolan Wethington, shout out to him. He's uh, been a, a vocal uh, praiser of of that uh, animated series on Cartoon Network. Um, there's a mini series here on pages two fourteen and two fifteen, which is uh, kind of uh, follows uh, what uh, becomes of a couple of the main characters in the wake of the end of that series. You know, the Ice King is uh, one of the main antagonists. He wasn't always such a bad guy. He was just sort of corrupted by that magic crown that he wore. It turned him crazy. Crazy and... sort of an insane philanderer. Uh, it gave him all kinds of huh. mystic powers and made him uh, immortal, but uh, he also just kind of became obsessed with kidnapping princesses. Mm-hmm. Um, but he wasn't always such a bad guy. He used to be just a normal anthropologist type named Simon, mild-mannered guy. And after whatever crazy apocalypse that turned Earth into the planet Ooh, which is where Adventure Time is set, yeah. um, he uh, became kind of the guardian of a little vampire girl named Marceline. And the two of them had a special relationship, which was ex- uh, explored in flashback in certain very uh, heartwarming uh, mm-hmm. episodes of the series. Uh, and uh, so, I guess at the, at the end of that uh, of the series, uh, Simon was de-aged to childhood, and now Marceline, the vampire, who is after all as a vampire immortal, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, gets yeah. to be a guardian for him, just as uh, Simon was to her. Huh. And so, here's a six-issue miniseries showing a little adventure that they have after. Uh, after the end of Adventure Time, so if you now the, car- the is
1: the cartoon's over, correct?
0: It is, yeah, yes, it is officially over. Yeah,
1: Page thirty-six. Uh, I mean, I have to mention, Abstract Studios, the latest issue in Paradise*. Man, the new volume is so thoroughly engrossing and gripping. Yep. And you're reading it, correct, Shane? Yep. Yeah, it's again, Terry Moore. You, you want to experience a living master? in comics yeah there you go yep I agree 100% same page uh, Showtime of the Apollo this is from Abrams Comic Arts Let me tell the Hammer Theater so uh, a historical packed uh, and significance of the Apollo Theater uh, in Harlem great performers like James Brown or Franklin and the others performed there that should, should be interesting Page 38, um, they're printing a San Glansman war comic, quite Illustrator. His take on the Battle of Midway from Dell's Combat series.
0: Wow. Looks fantastic. Mm-hmm. We'll find more information on that on page 313. Thanks, Bell. It's, uh, it's not only a staff pick, it's certified cool.
2: A whole lot of Casper on page 260 and 261, <laughs> along with some
0: Stooges. Yep, uh, that's. American mythology for you. And they're also doing uh, something with Zorro on page 258 to celebrate the centennial of the character. Wow. Yeah, who knew?
1: Wow. Zorro. I always enjoyed that Antonio Banderas film. Was that the first It's the sequel, actually.
0: That was Catherine Zeta-Jones was in that, too, wasn't she? Yes, yep. she
1: was, yep. yep.
0: I was a little more... Her, um,
1: um, go, ahead, go ahead, Shane, I'm sorry.
0: I was a little more... Um,
2: Partial to the uh, – what was it? Zara the Gay Blade back in the 80s. <laughs> oh, I with remember that George one. George Hamilton. Yep. Uh that's Captain Zeta-Jones'
1: Jones breakout role, actually.
2: The first time I saw her, though, was in um, The Phantom with Billy
1: Zane. Oh, Slam Evil. Gosh, she was in that. Okay. Yep. Shane, one pulp reference after another. Matt would be proud. <laughs> On page 269, Archie 1941, I have – the first couple issues, I haven't read this yet, and I'm really looking forward to it because, again, it's Mark Wade, <laughs> And look at this. Issue 4, co-written by Brian Augustin. Wow. Art by Peter Krause, who was born to draw World War II-era stories.
2: Right below it. I'm excited that we're at issue 6 of 6 for this Archie Batman. That means hopefully a hardback will come out, I'll get that. That's what Archie I have. Parker again. That's all, sure to be good. All of those Batman 66 stories, I have all of them in... Their individual hardbacks as they came out.
1: How was the one they did? I didn't read it. Where they printed the lost episode? I think it was written by Harlan Ellison with Two Face. I liked
2: it. I, okay. I'd have to go back and revisit it. I read it when it first came out, but yeah, I was I was
0: glad to see it and read it. Yeah, I bought it. I didn't actually look at it, but yeah, it's there in the because it is written somewhere.
1: by Har- Harlan Ellison, right? Yep. Shane? Yep.
0: Yep. Okay.
1: I want to point out then on Fantagraphics, page 301, they're reprinting uh, R. Crumb's take on the life of Franz Kafka, which is incredible. Um, and again, Fantagraphics should always be a lot of for always sticking to all their wonderful reprints of classic EC artists. Uh, this is The Martian Monster and Other Stories by Jack Kamen and Al Feldstein. So these hardcovers, the production values on them are gorgeous. The field, the colors, uh, all all the EC. When I had when I had the shop, I always made a point of stocking all these books. They rarely ever sold, but I just loved having them in the, on the bookcase and just looking at them because it's so beautiful. I mean, that's again. We, sometimes we forget with, with in the deluge of superheroes, but EC Comics is still one of the all time moments in most in terms of innovation in the American comic book medium
2: Is that on 3 or 3 we're already looking at the next overstreet price guide Where are you Shane I'm sorry Page 3 or 3 Overstreet price guide number 48
1: No no that's 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 Okay that's, that's the last one, one. Right. The Planet of the Apes cover I recognize Yeah, yeah they they always they always tend to reissue the, the the price guide periodically throughout the year I thought
2: wow we can't be the that time already
1: Chen, I know you're really feeling age these days. I don't want you. I don't want to hasten that. So.
2: <laughs> Page 306. you know,
1: appreciate this. Three hundred six.
2: Yep, the Both. Golden Age book. The Golden, uh, gold, God, Golden Age, Golden books. <clears throat> Star Trek. I am Captain Kirk, and I am Mr. Spock. Awesome. And then a Captain Marvel one, Ant Man and the Wasp, Aladdin, Rugrats, Pokemon, and Dumbo. But I those Star Trek Phantom ones.
1: On- The
2: Star Trek ones look fantastic.
1: Like the artwork, Ethan Beaver's. Yeah. Speaking of The Phantom, page 309, The Phantom, the complete Avon novels written by Lee Falk, cover art by George Wilson. Oh, wow. And then below that, The Phantom, the complete Daily, written by Lee Falk, art by Wilson McCoy, volume 16, 1958 to 1959. Again, I have to admit, with my eyes lowered in shame, I've yet to see that film. I've never watched The Phantom movie with Billy Zane. Oh. I've I know. Seen, I've seen. I think that one's seen, great. Like, You know, bits and pieces and stills, and I have to watch it so we can discuss it. I think that one. In, well, uh, that I'll, one in, I'll need
0: to watch it too, Chris. Because I'll wow. I'll come out of that closet at the same time. As I, I have not. <laughs> I have not seen that movie either. I know Matt is a big fan. Yeah, he's got a big poster framed of it somewhere in his house.
2: That one, that one in uh, the Alec Baldwin shadow. I like both of them very much. I think they got a bad rap. Um, not doing I
1: mentioned I think a while back on the show that I recently caught the, the shadow on TV and I'm a huge Alec Baldwin fan. I think he's one of the great living actors, American film actors, and I, I started watching. I was like, this is fun. Like the, the production mm-hmm. vibes were spot on, You know the way it looked. I, uh, I kind of his... see why maybe the, the audience didn't fully get the sensibility of what they were going for there. But... I guess. I, I loved his sanctum. Oh. It was it was good. I enjoyed it. It's it's a it's, it's a pulp character. I mean, they they definitely had that feel. Yeah. On page three fifty five, I was to mention when they reissued this Storanko's History of Comics. I think we have these in the studio, actually. Oh, really? Right. Um, this is Storanko. It took him two years to chronicle this spectacular one hundred thousand word volume. His history of Golden Age creators. Look at that
0: cover. Oh. It is a he's even got a. Uh, yeah, he's even got uh, faucet characters on there, right, Bertie? Yep, some faucet characters, some quality comics characters, just a whole bunch of different golden age publishers. All right, and I am moving on because I uh, love Tomorrow's
1: 365. So here's why Alter Ego is such a great magazine. Besides, you know, it's Roy Thomas, it's his. Little letter to the history of the gold and silver ages of comics. are the most occasionally dab in other errors, but it's primarily those two. Um, so, this is focusing on, I say so again, like this, I'm always learning when I read their, these magazines. From 45 years into her 75 year career, the have a female scriptwriter, Joyce Murchison, assistant to one woman co creator, Dr. So, the interview her, this is an interview she had with Richard Art artwork by hg peter plus they took going to barbara friedlander 60s writer and editor suppose the secrets of dc's love comics are so an actor all all work in the dc romance books that's where we're to you know got gain a lot of the skills that he applied to supporting cast andrew spazito oh this is great stuff all 157 and by uh, way, i don't know if you got it yet shane have you have you got the latest issue? Have you received the latest issue of back issue one oh eight?
2: Yes, but I did not go through it yet.
1: What, do you know what the focus of it is? Not specifically, no. It's an all Aquaman issue. <laughs> <laughs> so it's the pre and post crisis Aquaman. Oh wow! So just just going through this this, this uh, table of this is why back Issue is one of, this is one of the all time great comic magazine publications. You've got Bronze Age Aquaman team ups. Uh, the toy box, bronze Aquaman and Marbella, including, <laughs> most importantly, wait a minute, let me go to it because it it just puts Steve in my strides. Aquaman versus the great white shark toy. <laughs> oh, wow, look at that Mego display. Look at the lunch box, color forms. Color the Aquaman forms. Super Sea Aquarium. Holy crap, color forms. A detailed history of Black Manta. They explained that the post-Crisis Aquaman, which I'm sure not as well as Merd would, but it's there. such a great such a great magazine. View of the whole history of Aqualad. Oh, wow. Peter and David, and Peter, our own Peter Rios always praised this series. Peter, David, and Esteban Morello revisit their DC fantasy series, Atlantis Chronicles. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, he does. Beautiful artwork. Uh, what do you guys think of the trailers for the Aquaman film?
2: Oh, I'm I'm all in. I can't wait.
0: Yeah, I can't say I'm jazzed exactly, but I will certainly go see it. Especially since it's coming out Christmas week, and uh, you know, within a few days of its release, I'll yeah I time. will myself be released from yeah. my work obligations. And I'll be able to. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to it.
1: Uh, I I hope they really tap into the the legacy of Aquaman as a character who's struggling between you know the Serpent. His obligation as a mark, Um, and I hope, Shane, they they allowed him to talk under the water without having to do those stupid air bubbles. I agree with you. Which was so disruptive to the flow of the story in those scenes in uh,
0: the Justice League
1: film. So I want to point out two things in 366. First, we mentioned this before, and… Kudos to Tomorrow's for reissuing it. Marie Severin, the mirthful mistress of comics. So there we, – we praise this book. I have it right on my library shelf here. Uh, Marie Severin just passed away I think it was in August, the same day as Gary Friedrich. Um, and this, this is a wonderful perspective of her career, such an important artist uh, for so much of the history of the American comic book through her work through Marvel. Also much of the comic book career. i just was just been going through the, the issue of the life of Wally Wood, just a fantastic uh, – uh, … sort of detailed look into Wolf's, Wood's life and, and the significance. He is truly one of the all-time great artists in comics, and in the comic creator really does justice to his legacy. So check that out. That's not the issue here. The issue is, is also a plan, focus on another great creator, Russ Heath. I was just looking at the, the latest – one of the more recent issues involving Wally
0: Wood. All righty.
1: Anything else you have in the comics, my friends?
0: Uh, Well, on page 367, um, there's a scholarly prose book that uh, uh, sort of uh, appeals to me uh, from the University Press of Mississippi, a book called The British Superhero. Ah, I saw that. Well done, Merton. Uh, telling us a little bit about uh, the superhero comics of the United Kingdom and uh, paying special attention to how uh, those uh, British superheroes uh, became vehicles for cultural commentary. Uh, Quote, sites of resistance to perceived American political and cultural hegemony drawing upon satire and parody as a means of critique. So taking this Ah. uh, cultural uh, icon that uh, the United States invented and shipped overseas, the superhero, and uh, kind of... Well, refitting it and shoving it right back in the United States' face after a fashion. I think I'm... S- I see, like, uh, Tom the Robot Man there on the left-hand side of the cover. Uh, so probably a few of the characters that uh, were used by, uh, like, Leah Moore and John Repian a few years ago in the Albion miniseries. Um, those are probably some of the ones that we'll be seeing covered you know, with a scholarly eye by author Chris Murray in this book. So, yeah, that's... sounds
1: well, fascinating considering Britain has its own... You know, well-established you know universe of, of comic book characters. Hmm. So, and we think of Judge Dread, but you know yeah. there's so many others. Oh, so many, yes. Uh, page one. Are you guys done with a few things in the back of the book? I wanted to a shout out.
2: I have something in the back of the book.
1: Okay. Uh, go for it, Shane.
2: Uh, page one thirty. Cryptozoic Challenge of the Super Friends Card Game. <laughs> How do you pass that up? <laughs> it just looks fun.
1: The super super friends just equals fun in any yeah. in any yeah. format essentially. Should sure, I thought of you on page one forty three? Vintage dynamic duo T shirt. That's a that's, it looks like a golden. Oh, yeah. Or Adam Age uh, comics. That's a good, that's, that's a sharp one. And for all our us, our fellow Star Wars, it looks fun. And page one twenty four. Remember, previous is flipped now, so we're on the we're on the other side of the the magazine of the, of the of the catalog. Uh, Star Wars retro road trip fifteen ounce glasses. <laughs> that is some fantastic artwork. Yeah, definitely love the feel of those glasses. I like that Hoth one. Oh wow, Tatooine, Dago, endor. Those look immensely cool.
2: They remind me of the old um, Star Tours posters. I used to have a Bespin and a Hoth one that you could buy. And
1: do you have any of the Burger King glasses? Oh, I still have all of them. Oh! I think I've only got Lando Calrissian and Luke on (laughs) Dagobah.
2: Nope, I still have a whole set, all Star Wars, Empire, and Jedi. They are packed in a box, safely stored away somewhere, though, at the moment.
1: Speaking of glasses, page 111, Toon Tumblers have some new offerings I always love. Great, uh, Doctor Strange. Can't tell which artist is, but that's definitely a, definitely a classic, iconic pose. A Kirby black Panther. I could do without the Maximum Carnage <laughs> work for
0: somebody. Well, yeah, yeah for, um, for those of us who are children of the 90s. Good point. Suffer it to exist. <laughs> Good point. A neat modern-day uh, Wonder
2: Woman on page 112. Modern-day Wonder Woman Toon Tumblr on page
0: 112.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I didn't see that. Nicely done, Pashain. Anything else you guys want to shout out here in the back? No, I don't have anything else that
0: I that really caught my eye. Yep, I, I think I've said my piece for the night, too.
1: Actually, one last... I just noticed this. On page 54... Remember Marvel did their first line of to- action figures? Like, they're really... Bulky, wonky-looking ones, um, and they've re- they've reached that style of of um, cardboard card. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so they have, but these are nicer figures. They have Hawkeye, the Vision, the Wasp, or one of her innumerable costumes. Scarlet Spider, Ant Man. That's a nice Ant Man figure, and Black Panther. Those are, those are sharp-looking uh, figures. They're twenty bucks a piece, which is, you know. Another reason why I'm carrying toys in my store many, many, many years before I actually closed my business. <laughs> but um, that Hawkeye shark, God, I miss that costume. Yeah. All right, I'm just rambling now. I've shot my bolt, too, my friends.
0: <laughs> All right, then let's let's put this one to bed, shall we? We shall indeed. All right, so let, under let's... the covers. <laughs> I like it, Chris. I like it. Uh, so let, let's uh, give another word of thanks here to the sponsor for this episode, which is, of course, the Discount Comic Book Service. Go to dcbservice.com, check out this month's uh, discounts and bargains, and uh, give their service a try if uh, you've uh, got uh, the need or the desire to order your comic books online.
3: Visit us
2: at comicgeekspeak.com Send us an email. The address is comicgeekspeak at gmail.com. To leave a voicemail, the number is 267-702-6642. I'm going to look to Murr because I still haven't updated my copy on the link for the website. Thecomicforums.vanillacommunity.com Thank you. Follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook. Thanks to everyone who contributes to the show. We couldn't do it without you. We appreciate all you do and listen. And as always, we are uniting the world's mightiest heroes one listener at a time.
0: be the